0: In this episode of Flying Smarter, we're celebrating 50 episodes of the podcast. I have some exciting announcements, including our December giveaway of a Flying Smarter luggage tag and a $100 airline gift card. And then we'll also have the first part of our 2023 year in review. Welcome to episode 50 of Flying Smarter, the podcast that explores the fascinating world of air travel to help you become a smarter and savvier traveler. So, this is the 50th episode of the podcast, and I'm really happy to have made it this far and to have you join me today. Now, when I first started Flying Smarter, I wasn't really sure how long I'd be doing it for, but it's something that I've become to really enjoy and to become really passionate about, and I have no plans to stop. Now, I've done a bit of reflection on where we've been in 50 episodes of the podcast, and I have to say that I've had the opportunity to meet some wonderful people along the way. The guests we've had on the podcast have been very generous with sharing their time and wisdom with all of us, and that means both me and with you as a listener, I've learned a lot and I've had a lot of fun meeting them and I'm thankful to each and every one of them for joining me on the podcast. Then there are the fellow podcasters who I've crossed paths with who have been very supportive as well, particularly in the early days when I was still figuring a lot of this podcasting stuff out. Most importantly though, there's all the listeners out there. Thank you for listening to Flying Smarter. It really means a lot to me. The listener growth for the podcast has been really great this year, and I'm especially grateful to those of you who reach out to me, leave a positive review, or engage with our content on social media, either on a regular basis or from time to time. I really do appreciate it, and it's a fantastic motivator for me. And to those of you who simply just tune in either regularly or from time to time, thank you as well. I'm just happy that I can add some value to your travels and to have your support. I have to say that I'm personally often pretty guilty of being a quote-unquote lurker with the different podcasts that I listen to. Being a more introverted person myself, I tend not to reach out or engage much unless I think I have something particularly good to say, but I've been trying to get a bit better at that myself too since I've seen how nice it is firsthand on the other side when people reach out. But anyway, to all of you out there, thank you for listening. Whether we become friends from the podcast, or whether you simply tune in to learn something new about air travel from time to time, I can't overstate how appreciative I am of your support. Now, I've kind of been hyping this episode up for a little while and teasing a few special announcements, so I'm going to try to live up to that promise now. I have three announcements in total, I'll share the first one now, and the next two throughout the episode. So in celebration of 50 episodes of Flying Smarter and the holiday season, I'm doing a giveaway on Instagram. The giveaway is for a Flying Smarter luggage tag and a $100 U.S. Dollar gift card to the airline of your choice, two things that will hopefully help you with your next trip. I was pretty excited when I received my own Flying Smarter luggage tag and I'm happy to be sharing one with a lucky listener. And as for the gift card, I just wanted to share the joy of air travel, show my gratitude for your support and help make an upcoming trip a bit more affordable for someone. Entering the giveaway is really easy, with only three simple steps. All you have to do is be following Flying Smarter on Instagram, at the handle Flying Smarter, and then like our giveaway post which is going to be pinned on the top of our account throughout the month of December 2023, and then leave a comment on the post saying where you want to fly for your next trip. That's it. If you want additional entries, you can also tag friends and families in the comment section and share it on your story as well, but I'll let you check out the full details on Instagram, and of course, there's going to be a link in the episode description as well. The giveaway will run throughout the month of December of 2023, and the full rules are available on the Instagram post. Now for the rest of this episode, we're going to get started on our 2023 year in review you'll hear previously unaired content from some of our guests from throughout the year, and of course, I still have two more announcements left. In the next episode, which will be the final one for 2023, we'll have part 2 of the year in review, which will be themed around travel tips, and we'll have the rest of our 2023 guests, along with some of the episodes that just had me, as well as some of our statistics for the year. As you likely know, you are all welcome to submit questions to be answered on Flying Smarter. Earlier this year, Julie from New Jersey sent in a question asking about what sort of training flight attendants get for dealing with panicked passengers. I didn't have the answer right away myself, so I figured that I would ask the next flight attendant that I had on the podcast. The opportunity came in episode 45 when I spoke with Carrie Bradley, a former flight attendant turned family travel expert who runs the site Flying with a Baby. Here's what she had to say in response to the question.
1: You're always taught from the moment a passenger comes on board, you're monitoring them, you're checking that they're okay to come on board. Are they fit? Are they healthy? Are Are they afraid? And a lot of, if they're panicked, they generally, if they're a nervous flyer, they'll normally tell you, they'll normally tell the ground staff, and they'll normally be one of the first things that they tell you and say, I'm really nervous. Can can you help me? Um, one flight, I sat down for like three hours with the lady and held her hand because she was just absolutely shaking and in, in, in absolute bits. Obviously not always possible because luckily it was a quiet flight because otherwise your, your crew members need you. But in that case, you're trained to look out for those signs and just to 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 talk to them and keep them occupied, keep keep them busy, because I I mean my friends are very nervous passenger, and she's flown with me a few times, and I had to say her uh, her nails were in my hands, <laughs> digging deep, and she said keeping herself occupied or being given jobs to do helped her relax a little bit more, and to be preempted about what's going to happen. And the flight deck are really good with that too. They normally say, hey, we're going to be expecting a little bit of turbulence, a bit of rough air. It's totally normal. We get it a lot over this region, but we're going to pop the seatbelt sign on. So those kind of things that you're all, are all set in process to sort of help you reassure passengers.
0: Carrie's website, Flying With A Baby, is a great resource for family travel, and I'll include links in the episode description. Time for announcement number two. Starting with the first episode of 2024, Flying Smarter is going to have a new intro at the beginning of each episode. What I currently have is kind of just me saying two or three sentences about what's coming up in the episode, played over some background music, but I've always wanted to have something a bit more professional sounding. Along with the new intro, the music for the outro at the end of the episode will also be changed to match. I'm quite excited about all this and I'm happy to share a preview with you now. Here it is.
2: This is Flying Smarter, the podcast that explores the fascinating world of air travel to help you become a smarter and savvier traveler. While flying can be stressful and frustrating, the world of commercial aviation is also incredibly intriguing. Flying Smarter delves into the miraculous and often misunderstood realm of air travel by sharing stories and experiences, looking at how things work in the air travel industry, and providing tips and advice for your next trip. Your host, Andrew, is here to answer your questions about flying and explore different aspects of the air travel experience to make you a better informed and better prepared traveler for your next flight. Back
0: in July, I published episode 39 of Flying Smarter, which featured air traffic controller Andy Watson. I had a great discussion with him in which he provided a behind-the-scenes look at this vital part of the worldwide aviation system. He talked about who your pilots talk to throughout your flight, what happens from the perspective of air traffic control during an emergency, where air traffic controllers work, and much more. Now as you may know, aircraft that are carrying the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States use the call signs Air Force One and Air Force Two, respectively. These aircraft have to speak to and follow the directions of air traffic control just like everyone else, and Andy had a story about one of his experiences with them.
2: I, I was working at Cleveland Center several years ago, and I just happened to have Air Force Two being handed off to me that would be flying through my sector. So I take the handoff. They've already been climbed up to their altitude out of Detroit on their way to Columbus. And I they check on my frequency and I say hello. And the cool thing about Air Force One, Air Force Two, those pilots, they are absolutely top notch. Never had a, an issue with those guys, just fantastic to work with. And this day was really no different, just going along, and I wasn't too busy just going along my business. Well, I end up giving the cross restriction to cross one five miles north of a certain fix at one zero thousand feet, and what that does is it allows them to get level to go into the top altitude of Columbus Approach, but they miss the center. Sector of, at Indianapolis Center is what it is. So it gets them underneath Indy, straight into the side of Columbus approaches airspace. So I I issue that that clearance. The pilot takes it back. And the one thing that controllers are very good at is noticing when things are different than what they normally are. So everybody else that flies that route typically starts down at a certain point. Well, Air Force to this day is staying level. They could still make it. I mean, they could do a higher descent rate descent rate and actually make the restriction, and that's fine. That's what the cargo companies do. They, they're they more concerned about burning less fuel, so they'll hang it up as long as they can and then dive their 757 down to meet the restriction. Versus the airlines, they have passengers in the back who are their customers, and they want to make it a pleasant experience for them, so they'll actually start down at a more gradual rate. Well, Air Force Two is a VIP, of course, and you would have—I would have thought that they would want the more gradual way of doing it. But either way, it gets to a point where I'm more curious if they're going to make the restriction because they haven't started down yet. So I—I I key up and say, "Air Force Two, are you going to make the restriction of 15 out at 10,000 feet?" And the the crew came back very very quickly, said uh, affirmative. Like, why are you asking me this? You gave it to us. We're going to mm-hmm. do it. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm still do it. That's all that matters. <laughs> and. They um, Then a few minutes later, all of a sudden they come back. It was probably one to two minutes later. They come back and say, yeah, center, we're not going to make that restriction, but we're starting down <laughs> now. <laughs> I say, Roger, turn turn left heading 090 to send maintain one zero thousand because even Air Force Two has to have permission to go into Indianapolis Center's airspace, right? So at that point, I get on the line to Indianapolis Center and I point the aircraft out saying I'm going to uh, they're descending the 10,000. We'll be turning either back to that intersection or just to the airport. And they approve that. And then I get on the line to Columbus Approach. And it's called an APRAC, is what we call it. It's approval request. And we just say APRAC Air Force Two to send a 10,000 direct to the airport. And he said approve. So then I go back on the frequency and I tell the pilot that same instruction. And uh, then I switch him over to Columbus Approach's frequency and has their. And then they apologize and, <laughs> and uh, go on their merry way. So uh, yeah, even Air Force Two has to be pointed out and handed off properly. Otherwise, they get turned out and get that, that uh, penalty vector just like everybody else.
0: Andy has a book called The Pilot's Guide to Air Traffic Control, which offers a rare glimpse into the hidden world of ATC, offering hundreds of pages of real life stories and designed for anyone from the airline passenger without enough legroom all the way to the professional pilot. You can learn more about Andy and his book at ATCAndy.com. Also in the summer, I talked with aviation writer, photographer, and video producer Joey Girardi about the Essential Air Service, or the EAS, and regional flying more broadly, and that was in episode 42. I don't know of anyone more passionate about the topic and he had tons of knowledge to share. The Essential Air Service provides air connectivity to small communities all across the United States, and it's particularly fascinating to me because of the unique airports and the unique airline experiences out there. This clip is for the aviation geeks like Joey and me.
3: These unique aircraft, it's another thing that makes the system great for people that aren't as infatuated with these small cities as I am. It's really the unique aircraft you know, you're going to fly around the country, you're going to see CRJ-200s on a lot of these routes, but you know, CRJ-200 is not that unique. CRJ-700, CRJ-900, E-145, you know, the Embraer 145. These aircraft, they're good to fly in, but they're not that unique. You know, people fly on them every day, but then you get to some of these smaller cities, or even not even the smaller cities, but then you just get unique aircraft. Not only like the Dojet and the Metroliner, but other than private jets and millionaires and, you know, I'm definitely not rich by any means or have any wealth of any kind. So, you know, I'm not going to be flying on a private jet and renting a jet or even a small propeller plane. And really, these are the only chance regular people like you and I have to fly an aircraft like the King Air 350 you know, advanced air and to some degree, Southern Airways Express, they're they're getting a King Air either 200 or 250, I'm not sure. But, you know, these are unique experiences to fly on these aircraft that otherwise, unless you have tons of money and you rent an aircraft yourself, you're not going to be flying on a King Air 350 and experiencing not luxury, but is definitely a unique experience being on planes like this. Cessna 208, very widely used utility aircraft. Uh FedEx feeder uses it a lot. Obviously, I'm not a FedEx pilot or a cardboard box going through Amazon, so I'm not going to be on a Cessna 208 that often. But, you know, there's a lot of Cessna 208s flying around the country. Southern Airways Express. I think they have a fleet of 40 or 50 of them, and they hold 19 of the contracts in the United, in the United States. Um, including three in Hawaii. So, you know, there are these unique aircraft that you're not going to find anywhere else in the country except on these essential air service routes, because for the most part, they're not going to be profitable when you're flying them without subsidy.
0: You can find Joey and his work at aviation news website, airlinegeeks.com, and on X or Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under Girardi Aviation. Now for the third special announcement for episode 30. I want to formally introduce the insights section of the Flying Smarter website. This is where I share written content, including articles about different aspects of air travel, stories from my own travels, and supplementary content to the podcast episodes. I've actually been publishing things there for a while now, so some of you may have noticed it, but I've never formally introduced it or announced it anywhere. Examples of things you'll find on there right now are stories and photos about my first time flying Ryanair, and my experience taking Porter Airlines' inaugural cross-country flight, as well as the piece about two interesting boarding and deplaning methods that I've used in my recent travels, which is a nice supplement to episode 48, the one all about how we get on and off planes. I'll keep publishing content on there, and I invite you to check it out from our website menu at flyingsmarter.com or you can get to it directly at flyingsmarter.com forward slash insights. Now, back to our 2023 guests. For episode 49, I talked to law professor Ganesh Sitaraman, who just published a book called Why Flying is Miserable and How to Fix It. He shared his insights on the state of air travel from a governance and regulatory perspective. One of the questions that stems from what we talked about is what airlines themselves thought about deregulation when it was happening in the late 1970s. I imagine that airlines today might not be a big fan of the idea of more regulation, but it turns out that that wasn't really the case back during deregulation. Have a listen as Ganesh explains.
4: One of the most surprising things about airline deregulation, I think, is that the industry was against it. Uh, Almost all the big airlines opposed deregulation, and many of the people running smaller ones did too. And part of the reason was they thought that airlines were really a public utility style sector and needed to be regulated that way. And so what's really interesting is you know you get uh, you know Robert Crandall, who was later the legendary head of American airlines. Um, and in the 70s, he actually went into Washington and at one of the hearings, afterwards came up and said to the people working on this that they were going to wreck the industry and that was that was his word. He was he actually had some more colorful language, but'll I'll leave that out of the podcast here. Um, but, but he said we're, they're going to wreck the industry by deregulating it and they didn't really understand how it worked. And a lot of the people at the time who were opposed to deregulation predicted exactly what was going to happen, that you would have a shift to more of a kind of boom bust situation, that there would be this cutthroat competition. You would see declines in service quality and, and so on. Um, what I think is really interesting also is, is Crandall was very successful at American, in part because when he moved into the period of cutthroat competition, he was just as uh, good a, a cutthroat competitor um, as anyone else, maybe maybe even better, uh, doing really aggressive actions to try to keep American at the forefront of the industry. Um, you know, Fast forward a few decades in the 2000s, uh, Crandall pops back up again and, and in a speech says, you know, this has really been a problem for the industry, are the kind of uh, echoes of deregulation. And we need to go back to recognizing this was a sector that should really be governed as a public utility. Um, and so I think it's super interesting that you get these industry players who really understood what was going on in the industry's deep economics and dynamics, and that the right way to govern it was as a public utility. But you know, if if they were thrown into a rule system that Congress devised that said, compete as hard as you can, even if it means doing anti-competitive stuff, um, they were there and they did it and succeeded. Uh, even though they thought, you know, this wasn't actually the best way to have a have a policy to govern this space.
0: You can learn more about Ganesh, his work and his latest book on his website, ganeshitaraman.com That brings us to the end of episode 50 of Flying Smarter. If you haven't done so already, go visit us on Instagram to enter our giveaway for a Flying Smarter luggage tag and a $100 gift card to the airline of your choice. And then stay tuned for the next part of our 2023 year in review in the next episode. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again soon.